Welcome to Ramanistan. We're your friendly neighborhood gypsies. I'm Paulina. And I'm Jess. And we're here with our uh, second debriefing of Foretold, but it's really for the second and third episodes because sometimes you need a mental health day, especially if you have a whole podcast come out about your life and that's super overwhelming. Is that right, Paulina? (laughs) Yes, it was definitely overwhelming for sure. How are you feeling now? So. (laughs) It's weird. It's like every time um, an episode comes out, like I have all this anxiety. And then once I listen to it, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm better now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm loving them so far. Yeah, I, I think they're great. Well, that's good for you, Jess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Glad you're having fun, Jess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought Oksana Marafiati made a really interesting point. Um, we've talked about before, author of... Um, American Gypsy, the memoir. She was saying how she's loving the episodes and she's also wishing that they made a few more distinctions where it's like, not all Romani families do fortune telling, not all, da, 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 da. But um, yeah, it's hard to get it all in there, I guess. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I feel like also they have a way of controlling like the narrative. So no matter like who's communicating or or talking, I think they, they try to do like the best they can, but everybody is going to have like a different opinion. You know, even myself, I'm like, well, a lot more happened, but I mean, there's only so much you can fit in also um, like in these episodes too. But yeah, that was a really great point. Um, But yeah, definitely not all experiences are like mine. And that's where I feel like this has to be expanded. Like after it's released, it 100% needs to like other people's stories need to be told. Um, And kind of going through this, I was thinking like with everyone that they were interviewing, that that was kind of the gist of where it's going. So it's weird listening to it and how it's all very honed in on my life. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. The the last two episodes have been, it maybe it expands a little more, although I'm definitely enjoying, um, you know, Ian Hancock popping in here and there as our expert. <laughs> yes. Um, yes. Yeah, but... So in the second episode, I talked a lot about your schooling and I was really interested in how they talked to both of the teachers that you had mentioned. And so you mentioned a kindergarten teacher who you felt like, you know, had told your father that, um, he she knew that you were gypsies and also uh you felt like she you know wouldn't let you go to the bathroom when you wanted to and other things that felt like she was treating you different and she was kind of like no no that never happened I would have never said that I don't recall that um (laughs) what was that like listening to (laughs) um it makes me question my reality a little bit because I clearly remember those things because they kind of stuck with me and like shaped me. And I also remember, you know, I remember how bad of a student I was too, because I had no, like no outsider communication. I had no friends. Like I I never dealt with anyone that wasn't gypsy. So Mm -hmm. I do understand like that she must've also been struggling with that too. Um, So at the same time, it is what it is. 
And I also grew a lot from five to six. So whatever my experience was in kindergarten obviously impacted me a lot as a first grader. (laughs) Yeah, because your first grade teacher had only the most beautiful things to say about you. And you got to see her again and she was so happy to see you. What was that like? It was so emotional. I was crying a lot. And thank God the LA Times didn't mentioned that part but I was super in a bad like not in a bad headspace but you know like you're just kind of taking it back and it was hard hearing the little things when she was like oh yeah your parents like I knew these things but it was weird hearing it from someone else where it's like oh your your parents cared about you and loved you but they didn't really care about schooling like I don't know why that bothered me so much but uh, it was weird you know what I mean and it was weird hearing my kindergarten teacher also confirm Um, how bad of a student I was as well. But like from a five-year-old's point of view to an adult teacher's point of view, um, like I didn't think I was like, oh, now at at this day in my life, I'm like, I'm not as affected like, like all the other, you know, like gypsies. Like I had more of an outsider's like point of view, but really like I was just this other five-year-old gypsy that really didn't know a lot about anything and I had not communicated with other kids and so she was like kind of confirming that like yeah like you are you know I don't know is that weird no I don't think that's weird I I can see how that would bring up a lot of different emotions and I also want to say like as a teacher as well uh, different teachers react differently to the stuff that kids are struggling with. And so it's hard to say whether you happen to have behavioral stuff that was sort of like a trigger for her or something. And I'm not, I'm using trigger not in like a PTSD way, but just, you know, it's something that she struggled with versus, um, you know, because your, your first grade teacher didn't really have any of that stuff to say. And it's possible that you dramatically changed within a year, <laughs> but it's unlikely that also, again, as someone who was a teacher, <laughs> it's like, I, I don't know. I, I think that it's probably, I think your um, recollections of your kindergarten experience are valid. And if you were feeling like the teacher felt like you were out of place, that would have exacerbated your behavior. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and also you might have been struggling with some things, you know, but that doesn't have to be like negative. Like I've definitely worked with kids who were struggling with a lot of things, but I guess I could have taken it a few different ways, but I decided not to be a dick about it. Not saying your kindergarten teacher was a dick necessarily, but just saying. (laughs) Yeah, definitely a lot of, uh, I'm still processing in case you guys didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, of course. Thank you for that. That helps me feel more validated as a (laughs) five-year-old. Yeah, I'm sure you were a fucking delight. <laughs> My grandfather really did have to wait outside the window, even in the rain. <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. So I I found that interesting. And moving into the, the third episode, we talked a lot about marriage. Um, and How do you think they handled the complexity of an arranged marriage when you're a teenager, which yes, you're not forced into, but you are definitely pressured into. How do I think like the LA times handled it? 
Yeah. Like, did you feel like that was depicted? Well, I, I was picking up so much different nuance there where it's like your family was pressuring you into it because they also genuinely thought that was the best thing that could possibly happen to you. And so it's not like, you know, you're a princess in a tower or anything, but it's still, you had to get married quite young when you didn't really want to. Yes. I feel like I wish maybe they would have expanded a little bit and I could just not be remembering everything, but expanded a little bit on the fact that if I didn't get married, I would have had to have lived home um, forever. Like it wasn't accepted that I could get married or, or stay back. So that was part of the reason why I felt like I went along with it too, um, because I did want more freedom. And as crazy as that is, like being married was definitely more freedom. And so it's like, I definitely chose it and um, I wanted it. Even the times I, I wanted out, I always thought to myself, well, it's either, you know, I'm going to be here forever. And I didn't really like my home life very much. And so as I, you know, as I was getting closer and closer to the marriage, I was like, I, I, I think it was a little bit more like fun and, and exciting for a 17 year old. Little did I know about the world and getting married and having kids. Like, you know, I really didn't know a lot. <laughs> yeah. And it sounds like you had some like emotionally and maybe otherwise abusive elements to your home life. And there was a sense of escaping that. And then also maybe you went from like the frying pan to the fire in, in the situation. And you were literally a teenager trying to make these choices, which was way too young. Yes, 100%. And yeah. I don't know how rational like you could be thinking at that age. So I remember like one of my, one of my friends I'll say was talking to me and they're like, well, you know, I remember like when you were going through that, like you did want, you know, you did want to get married. I'm like, yeah, the LA times did say that. Like, I never said it was forced. Like I did want, and I did, we did kind of choose each other in a way. Um, and at the very same time, even if I was all for it 100% and never backed out the times that I remember trying to back out and get in, getting out of the marriage, even at that point, like how rational can I be? Why would you listen to me? You know, mm -hmm. why would you let me make these decisions? Like I feel like my focus should have been on other things. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I feel really strongly that like, teenagers shouldn't get married like I just I do and and if for those of you listening who are like well I got married when I was a teenager and it was great that's awesome like I'm I'm genuinely really happy about that but like as a general rule I think teenagers should not get married and they absolutely shouldn't be put in a position where they have to choose between like a rock and a hard place of getting married and I mean I got married when I was 20 and my mom's side of the family didn't really care but my mom had definitely raised me from when I was a little, little chickadee. The most important thing was to get married. And I also was leaving abusive situations in a home. 
and hoping maybe it would be better with someone else. And I got married when I was 20 and it was way too young and it was a fucking nightmare. (laughs) And like at 20, I wasn't ready. And, and it was really just my mom who was putting pressure on me. And you had so much more like structural, cultural, like pressure. It wasn't just one person in your family. My mom was probably like the most important person to me, but you know, still, um, everyone else was just like, oh, okay. I mean, all right. <laughs> you know? yeah. And I still felt like I was pressured and it was too much and I was overwhelmed. Definitely. Teenagers, I literally, I think they're like statistically more prone to making, what's that word? Like, you know, like when you just make a decision like really fast, like rash. Like impulsive decisions or yes. Yeah. Like literally they're I mean, we can fact check this later or you can, whoever is listening, but yeah, these impulsive decisions. And so even though it was like my whole life and I was trained to like do all this, I feel like if I was older and more experienced, I would not have got that. I would not have done that. And just because you were like 20 doesn't mean that you like have all the emotional skills to, you know, figure out like what's best for you. I don't think your brain even stops like creating these connect like neural connections until you're like 25 or something. And so yeah, I'm like, I read that too. <laughs> I'm like, oh boy, I made a lot of big decisions before 25. <laughs> right? <laughs> Literally. And so it's like, I'm just past 25 now and I'm like oh my god like I'm still stupid (laughs) (laughs) you're not but I know what you mean (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh yeah that was uh, that I'm uh what am I trying to say that episode was a little um emotional for me I think because I was feeling so protective of you and just being like she's not ready (laughs) leave her alone but I know that your family really felt like they were doing right by you, which is complicated and which is why it's so important to talk about this stuff um, because, you know, this is a tradition. Honestly, I think we could have some healthy pushback against of like, maybe you don't need to have so much pressure on you to get married. Maybe you can stay in school if you want to. That would be nice. <laughs> that's why I feel like it's important for us to talk about it and explore it. Like that's why I'm coming out so publicly with my life is literally for the next generation because I feel like what if my parents just sat me down and told me we're not going to let you, you know, move forward with this marriage. And I think as a stubborn teenager, I might've been like, no, I do want to get married at some point. Right. Once upon a time, let's just say in this alternate universe and then like forced me to, I don't know, get an education or even continue working for them. Like just doing something I think that was more healthy and productive. And at the very same time, I ended up having my daughters. And yes, it's a beautiful, you know, it it turned out nice the way it is. Right. But for future generations and other people, it's totally unnecessary. Like you, um, I hope it changes, you know, I hope it to a degree. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you wanted to say uh, as we wrap up this episode? Um, For all the people that know me and know my life, like, 
I do talk about a lot of different things and LA times can't include everything. And so if you guys are thinking to yourself, cause I've gotten a lot of pushback in that sense too, where they're like, they haven't said this or they haven't said this. And I'm like, yeah, like the LA times is not going to fucking tell you every single detail about my life. Like I've had extensive interviews with them for years and they can't include everything guys. So sorry about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Listen to our podcast. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, listen to Ramanistan. Just come on over, see what else there is. Speaking of Ramanistan, too, we are going to be adding more Patreon content. Um, it will be like pretty rough. It won't be like edited in the way that we do with our regular podcast episodes. Come and join us over there, and we'll be doing our raffle for a little while longer since we have our merch store and we're launching it. And we'll have other raffles too, because we are raising money so we can make our episodes. Because as you know, we are 100% run by donations and right right out of our pockets as well. So (laughs) every time you donate, it's uh, less that we pay for out of pocket. And we really appreciate that. (laughs) Thank you. Um, And thank you for listening today. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Ramanistan Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Ramanistan Podcast and on Facebook under the same name and on Twitter at Ramanistan Pod. Join our Patreon for extra content. We started a coffee fundraiser to help us expand. Our goal is to release more monthly episodes and we would eventually like to expand so we can produce content by other Romani and Sinti creators. We are hoping to cover production costs like paying for our hosting site, website, editing and producing and all the rest as you guys know. We would love it if you could continue to contribute and spread the word. The link coffee ko dash fi.com slash romanistan is in our bio on instagram and will also be in the show notes please rate review and subscribe it helps us so much if you would like to advertise with us email us at romanistanpodcast at gmail.com we offer sliding scale for romani sinti and related businesses so reach out you can find Jez on Instagram at jasmina.vontila, and you can find my vintage and curiosities shop, Evil Eye Edit, on Instagram at Evil Eye Edit, uh, and on Etsy, of course. You can find me, Paulina Verminsky, on Instagram at underscore P-A-U-L-I-N-A underscore V underscore and at romaniholistic.com. Follow my store, Romani Holistic. Um, in Newport Beach, California, on Instagram, also at Romani Holistic. Romanistan is hosted by Jessica Reedy slash Jasmina Vontila and Paulina Verminsky. Conceived of by Paulina Verminsky. Edited by Victor for this episode with music by Victor Pachas and artwork by Elijah Bardot.